Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. We know your life will be changed for the better by listening to God's word. If you'd like to know more about Trinity Beaumont or contribute to our ministry, please visit www.trinitybeaumont.com. Um, so let's just lean in for what God wants to do. And uh, Colin. Hi. Um, it's amazing that you said that because literally what I'm talking about is the beauty of Jesus tonight. Um, so like, and, and when Angie said, does anybody have a prophetic word? I like, I literally look straight over to you guys. <laughs> And I was like, who's it going to be first? <laughs> who's going to come first? Um, and that's just, that's just amazing. Um, the beauty of Jesus, the revelation of the beauty of Jesus is just something that's absolutely changed my entire, my entire outlook on him and my whole faith. And um, it, it was kind of weird to me when I first started to understand the beauty of Jesus because I was like well it's kind of weird Jesus is a man um you know and like I definitely feel that if I went up to like any of my guy friends and said hey you look really beautiful today I really you're just you're really beautiful to me I can almost promise you that the response would not be very uh uh very stellar (laughs) to say the least um probably have a lot of blank stares. Um, but then I started thinking about it and the Lord just started speaking and, and it was like, yeah, yeah, that's a little weird, but like, what about to a king? Right? And so that's really what I just want to do tonight is I just want to highlight the beauty of Jesus. As, as according to the revelation of it that he's given me. So a lot of what I'm going to be doing is uh, just reading scripture because um, without scripture, I wouldn't have a message. <laughs> and um, I'm sorry? Would any of us? No. <laughs> um, and so uh, I'm going to, when I read, um, and I'm going to pray before I start reading, but when I read, I would ask for those of you that are able um, I would love for you to just close your eyes and just focus on seeing him. Because this, what I don't want tonight to be is me just reading through scripture and you just hearing a description of Jesus. And, you know, poss- very possibly going in one ear and out the other or, you know, distractions here or there or whatever. I need you to see Jesus. If you're going to see him as beautiful, you have to actually see him. And so... Like I said, I, I just if you're if you're able, I just ask that when I'm reading, just close your eyes and engage your spirit and just see him because I'm going to ask him to show us himself as we read. And I'm going to be, I'm believing that if I'm asking in faith and for his glory, when we close our eyes, well I mean I can't cuz I got to read. But when when we're reading and we're focusing, we're going to see him. He's the giver of perfect gifts, right? 
He's amazing. And, and in fact, Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart because they will see me. So we know we can see Jesus. <laughs> so um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. Um, and then uh, I'm going to start. So Father, thank you for your son. You're a beautiful, incredible son. Lord, we ask that you would show us your son. Show us his character. Show us what he's like. But even more than that, show us what he looks like. Because he is magnificent, not just in deed, but the way that he looks, the way that his voice sounds, the way that he smells, everything. He is beautiful. He's perfect. Everything about him is perfect. So, Father, we ask in the name of your beautiful son that you would show us your beautiful son, Lord. Activate our spirits to see, Lord. Let us have spiritual eyes to see your son in his full splendor and glory on this side of heaven, Lord. That we would know him better. We would know who he is. We would know more what he is like. We would go deeper with him tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, so, the first verse, and you don't have to close your eyes for this one. Um, but this is kind of the verse that I'm basing all this off of. Um, it's First Peter 2, verse 7, the first half of it. It says, therefore, to you who believe, he is precious. He's precious. He's not, to, to you who believe, he's not the reason we come to church on Sunday. He's not the reason, um, you know, that we have good finances. He's not, um, you know, he's not the reason, um, you know, that uh, I'm hoping to get a good, you know, promotion at my job. Um, it's, it's because he's precious. And, you know, that's another thing that I feel like I couldn't really go up to any of my guy friends and say like, hey, you're really precious to me. I feel like it'd be a, a similar kind of response. Um, but just a, uh, an example of him as precious to somebody is uh, the woman with the alabaster jar um, who came in with all that she had to give, every single drop of it, in her hands, she sees Jesus and unashamedly, with no hesitation, no inhibitions at all, and without any fear of embarrassment for those that are around her, especially those that are around her judging her from the moment she steps in, even before she, she starts doing what she came there to do, without, without a, a doubt in her mind, she knows the the she knows the response she has to give to him, which is laying everything at his feet. Which actually, I spoke on this um, a few months ago, and I was reading it, and in, uh, in some of the Gospels, it speaks about her coming in and putting it on his head. And then in some of the other ones, it talks about her coming and uh, doing it at his feet. And I, I was driving here on a Sunday morning, and I was like, Lord, that's so confusing. That's such a big detail. I mean, your head's here, your feet are here what's going on and 
And I just, I like instantly got this vision from the Lord of her coming in and anointing his head first, which was, you know, common. And then just like losing herself to the Lord and the progression of coming in and doing it on his head and then just crumpling at his feet, breaking the jar and then doing it to his feet because it's everything that she has to give. And so that he's precious to her. And that was the only response that she had to give. It was the only appropriate response. Um, Okay. Well, now I'm going to read some scripture and ask that you close your eyes. Um, We're going to be in Revelation for a little bit. Um, I want to start there and give some examples of him glorified. Okay, this is John speaking. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard him, I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet saying, I am the alpha and the omega, the first and the last. And what you see right in a book and send it to the seven churches, which are in Asia, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamos, to Thyatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and Laodicea. When I turned to see the voice that spoke with me, or then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me, and having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands, and in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the feet, and girded about the chest with a golden band. His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars, out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and death. This is Revelation 5. And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals? And no one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look at it. So I wept much because no one was found worthy to open it and read the scroll or to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. And I looked and behold in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. Then I came and took the scroll or then, sorry, then he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. 
keeper. You were slain and have been redeemed to us and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard saying, blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever. Then the four living creatures said, Amen, and the 24 elders fell down and worshiped him who lives forever and ever. Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was called Faithful and True. In righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire and his head were like many crowns. And on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood and his name is called the word of God. And the armies in heaven clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it he should strike the nations and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepresses of the fierceness and wrath of almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And now I want to go to a different place to talk about his beauty a much less attractive place. Um, But I truly believe that when you understand, better understand his beauty, you better understand his sacrifice. And so this is in Mark 15, when Jesus is being led to the cross and he's left all that glory and he has come from the virgin in a manger with animals, none of which are worthy enough for him to ride on. And here he is on trial for being the son of God. Would you like me to release to you this king of the Jews, Pilate asked. For he realized by now that the leading priests had already arrested Jesus out of envy But at this point, the leading priest stirred up the crowd to demand the release of Barabbas instead of Jesus. Pilate asked them, then what should I do with this man you call the king of the Jews? They shouted back, crucify him. Why, Pilate demanded, what crime has he committed? But the mob roared even louder, crucify him. So to pacify the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them. He ordered Jesus flogged with a lead-tipped whip, then turned him over to the Roman soldiers to be crucified. The soldiers took Jesus into the courtyard of the governor's headquarters and called out the entire regiment. They dressed him in a purple robe, which is a royal color. 
And they wove thorn branches into a crown and put it on his head. Then they saluted him and taunted, Hail, King of the Jews. And they struck him on the head with a reed stick. They spit on him and dropped to the knees in mock worship. When they were finally tired of mocking him, they took off the purple robe and put his own clothes on him again. Then they led him away to be crucified. And they brought Jesus to a place called Golgotha, which means place of the skull. They offered him wine drugged with myrrh, but he refused it. Then the soldiers nailed him to the cross. They divided his clothes and threw dice to decide who would get each piece. It was nine o'clock in the morning when they crucified him. A sign announced the charge against him. It read, the king of the Jews. Two revolutionaries were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. The people passing by shouted abuse, shaking their heads in mockery. Ha, look at you now, they yelled at him. You said you were going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. Well, then save yourself and come down from the cross. The leading priests and teachers of religious law also mocked Jesus. He saved, he saved others, others, they scoffed, but he can't save himself. Let this Messiah, the King of Israel, come down from the cross so we can see it and believe in him. Even the men who were crucified with Jesus ridiculed him. As I was, um, I have one more set of verses to read, but as I was praying about this during the week, I got a revelation from the Lord. And he just showed me that um, even while being mocked on the cross, um, on the hill, and on the cross, he was still high and lifted up above everybody else there. He was still wearing a crown. And the charge, the sign posted above him was proclaiming exactly what he is, king of the Jews. Even in that, he was completely glorified because he was higher. And he was exalted to be exactly what he is. <laughs> it's, I, I think it's honestly hilarious that they mocked him all through this process and during his whole ministry and then at the very end right before his death the truth was proclaimed after every lie on his trial for nothing he had actually done the truth was proclaimed at the very end (laughs) the king of the Jews the king of the Jews all right last uh bit of verses Okay, this is in Isaiah. He's prophesying about Jesus. See, my servant will prosper. He will be highly exalted. But many were amazed when they saw him. His face was so disfigured he seemed hardly human. And from his appearance, one would scarcely know he was a man. And he will startle many nations. Kings will stand speechless in his presence. For they will see what they had not been told. They will understand what they had not heard about. Who has believed our message? To whom has Lord revealed his powerful arm? My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green root. Like a root or green shoot. Like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance. Nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weakness he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, 
a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut short in midstream. But he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He had done no wrong and had never deceived anyone. But he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave. And that's the same beautiful king that we read about in Revelation. The same brutalized, bloody king who left all glory, left majesty, left everything in heaven above that he had to die on a cross, a criminal's death, mocked and ridiculed, lied about. And I said it wasn't as attractive, but that's so, that's part of his beauty. 100% as much as the, the white-robed, eyes of fire, bronze feet king on a white horse who's coming to rule the nations with the title king of kings and lord of lords the bloodied beaten brood unrecognizable mass of a of what could hardly be described as a man hanging on a cross is just as beautiful his blood his scarlet drips of blood is so beautiful every river carved in his back from the whip is equally as beautiful as all the glory he came from all the glory because because he left it for us he left it for us the most worthy king that has ever existed or ever will exist left all his worthiness for us And, and this is also just another layer of it that I just think the Lord is just so good for. <laughs> and I've, I've been able to see it more now that I'm a husband. But when, when you come to the, the realization that, that we are not just sinners saved by grace, we're not just friends and brothers of Jesus. We're not just, um, we're not, I don't even know what word I'm looking for. When we come to realize that we are a bride, we are a bride for him. It's just a different, it's just, it's just, it's just so good, almost almost don't have words for it. <laughs> it's just so amazing that we're not just, we're not just friends. We're not just brothers. We're not just, um, we're not even just set free to, to just go about and do everything. We're set free to become a bride. And like I said, as being a spouse now, 
it's elevated my understanding to a degree. Because, um, you know, intimacy doesn't just, and I wrote this down because I wanted to make this kind of like, kind of on our level. But intimacy doesn't just come from taking out the trash or emptying the dishwasher when my, my wife asked me to. <laughs> and I do do it when she asks me to, I promise. I do it every time. Isn't that right? You're supposed to say that's right. All right, okay. Um, <clears throat> it doesn't just come from that. The intimacy in our marriage comes from the fact that I, I hate being without her. There's not a moment that I don't long to be with her. Every second that I'm away is a second that I'm wanting to be with her. I love spending time with my wife. I, love, I take every opportunity I can to tell her how beautiful she is, how amazing she is, how much I love spending time with her, how precious she is to me. Every moment I can, I love being with her. I enjoy her. I enjoy being with her. Just even being in the same room with her is sometimes more than enough. It's such a blessing. And it's 100% the way with the Lord. I heard somebody, uh, a preacher I listened to a lot, say this, and it blew my mind when I first heard it. And then I came to understand it, but... <clears throat> He said, did you know that you can go to every nation on earth and you can proclaim the gospel and you can miss him 100%? You can miss him entirely. You can go to all the nations and say, Jesus is Lord, and then you never spend a moment actually with him. That there is no intimacy between you. And Jesus said that people will do these things in my name and they'll come to me and say, Lord, we did this for you. We did this in your name. And he said, I never knew you. I never knew you. I have no idea who you are because you were never with me. You were with others doing things for me, but you never got to know me. You never sat down with me. You never told me I'm beautiful. You never told me, expressed your love to me and how precious that I am to you. That's, that's something that I feel like is uncomfortable for a lot of people, acknowledging that we're lovers with Christ. We're lovers. You don't be a bride who just comes to church on a Sunday and, and you know, says like, oh, yeah, I love the Lord. What if I told you the, that the Lord's heart skips a beat when he hears your name? But does your heart skip a beat when, it, when you hear his? How would you feel if your best friend or your significant other, you love spending time with them and literally every single moment that they are with you, their time is spent on their phone or talking to somebody else or shopping online or doing whatever, whatever they could be doing that's not doing something with you. (laughs) 
We have to have a bride mentality of this is my bridegroom. I never want to be away from him. I never want to spend any time away from him. He is the one whom my soul loves and I need to be with him every moment that I can. Every moment that I can. I need to I need to make sure he knows how I feel about him. That he is my beloved. He is precious to me. More precious than all gold and silver. He's like the pearl that I sell all my belongings for just so I can have it. He's the most beautiful king. It has to, it has to transform from just surface level. I'm saved. He's my get out of hell free card. Do you know Jesus? Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to hell. (laughs) But do you know the bridegroom? Do you know the one who left everything so he can marry you? And that's such a weird thing as like a man, because I'm like, but like, but he's like, I'm like, don't think about it that hard. (laughs) But like, we are a bride. And we, when I meet him face to face, I want to be able to say that I know my bridegroom. Because it's going to be really awkward if I meet my bridegroom face to face and I'm like, I don't really know you that well. I had all this time that I got, I could have gotten to know you and here we are on a wedding night and I don't really even know who you are. (laughs) I never really spent that much time with you. (laughs) We are a bride. And and it's also in this place I've found um, of seeing him as entirely beautiful where it's the place where when you, when, when you, there, there is a place where you, when you see him as more beautiful than anything else, that all your addictions have to drop off like that. All your struggles drop off like that. Every lie you've been told drops off like that. Every, every insecurity, just like that. Because when you, can, when you elevate him in your own life to be far above anything else, everything, everything. He's the light, right? So everything has to come to light for what it really is when he's above and he's able to illuminate everything below. Right, because it's in that place where where sin truly becomes disgusting to you, and and addictions become disgusting to you. Because when you have them that high, you have to compare. You have to compare them to him, and they're going to fail every time you compare them to him who is incomparable. Every single time. They have to fall. Everything bows at the name of Jesus. Everything will. 
everything will. Hmm. And um, the beauty of Jesus demands a response. Not so much as that Jesus is demanding a response from you. Like, I'm beautiful, give me, give me what I'm worth. All right, because that's, that's not his character. His kindness, his kindness brings to repentance, right? But it demands a response. You, either have, you have two responses. You can see his beauty, and then you can say, I still don't, I, I'm still not gonna take it. Or you can, you can just fall back into his beauty and give him everything that he's worth. There has to be a response. There has to be a response. And another thing that this, um, this preacher I listened to said that also blew my mind. He has a lot of those kind of things that just kind of blow my mind. Is that, um, you know, God's not a formula, right? He's a person. Jesus is a person. And what that means is like you can't put on the same three songs every Sunday and expect to feel him the same way or expect to encounter him in the same way or expect um, the same moving of the Holy Spirit to happen in the same way because he's, he's not like that. There's something that all of us individually can, only us can give to the Lord because it's from us individually. There's a song on your heart that only you can sing that makes the Lord's heart skip a beat. There's a dance that only you can dance that will make his heart skip a beat. There's, 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 um, there's a praise. There's a word. There's a poem. There's just, there's, there's a bending of your knees that pleases him in a way that nobody else can. You can't see this person dancing in the corner and this person singing this song and say, oh, they're, they're experiencing the Lord. I'm gonna just, I'm gonna do what they do. It doesn't work that way. Because the Lord has, has a, a special place in his heart for you and for you and for you and for you. And there's something that only you can give him that he wants from you. He, I wrote here, he's not a formula. He's a kingly lover who wants all of you for all of himself. And that's, that's it. And there's a, there's a song that we're, um, I want to do um, kind of as a, as a response. Um, and I wanted to lead with that because what I did not want to happen tonight is to just to talk on this. Say, let's respond. And then we just go through the motions and, and sing the song or just read the words on the screen and just kind of stay in the same place. There's something, and we need to ask the Lord tonight, what do you want? What can I give you that you want from me? You gave all of yourself. What's the, what's the one thing that I can give to you that makes your heart skip? <laughs> that makes your heart leap and bound and so I want to just read the lyrics of this song. It's been on my heart for like months. And it's just, I think it's just such a pure example of just, of 
what can I give to you, Lord? Whatever it is, whatever you want, you can have it. It's a move your heart by upper room. It says, is it a fragrance? Well, then I'll pour my oil out. Is it a life laid down? Then here I give my vows. Is it a song I sing? Then here's every melody. Just tell me what moves you. Tell me what moves you. I just want to move your heart. It's all I want to do. I just want to stand in awe and pour my love on you. No matter how much the cost, I freely give it all to you. All to you. I just want to move your heart, get caught within your gaze. Right here in your presence, God, is where I want to stay. Oh, just to dwell in your house and waste my hours and my days on you. Just on you. And so when we go in this, just ask the Lord. Just ask the Lord, like, Lord, what do you want that I can give to you right now in this moment? Is it a dance? Is it a song? Is it this song? Is it a song of your own words? Is it a song from your spirit? Is it a knee bowed? Is it both knees bowed? Is it on the floor? Is it hands lifted high? Maybe you normally raise one hand. Maybe you need to raise two tonight. (laughs) Just ask the Lord. Just say, Lord, what can I do to move your heart? What moves your heart? I will give it to you. I will do it. I will give it to you. Because you're beautiful. This beauty demands a response. It requires a response. He's the beautiful king. I say it all the time during worship. And then when they ask me, hey, do you want to preach? Which scared me to death. (laughs) I don't know why, but singing is just different than speaking in front of people for some reason. And that's kind of dumb, but it is. (laughs) But I was like, oh gosh, Lord, what do I even, like, what do I even know about you? (laughs) But then I just so clearly heard him say, like, just talk of my beauty and the worship that comes from that. Because it's such a thing that's just changed my heart, my, my existence, honestly. And it's like before now, I've like, I haven't really been able to explain it. It's like, he's beautiful, but how? I don't know, but he is. But we have to respond. So just ask the Lord. I'm not going to ask you to stand or, or move around or anything. Just you can. You can absolutely do that. But I just want you to ask the Lord, Jesus, what can, what will move your heart that I can give to you? You're so beautiful, Lord. You're so beautiful. What do you desire? The fragrance, here's my oil, my life, here's my vows, my song I will sing at the top of my lungs. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, precious Lord, 
none on the earth or heaven above that I have found more beautiful you are my treasure my great reward and I just want to move your heart is all I want to do I just want to stand in all and pour my love on you no matter how much the cost I freely give it all to you Jesus, Jesus my offering all my ambitions my hopes my dreams and here's my life lord a sacrifice oh just to bless you i just want to move your heart get caught in your gaze right here in your presence God is where I want to stay oh just to dwell in your house waste my hours and my days on you all on you is it a fragrance when I pour It's where I want to stay, oh, just to dwell in your house. Waste my hours and my days on you, all on you. I just want to move your heart, get caught within your gaze, right here in your presence, God. Is where I want to stay, oh, just to dwell in your house. Waste my hours and my days on you, all on you. Is it a 
Jesus, Jesus, precious Lord, none on the earth or heaven above that I have found more beautiful. You are my treasure, my great reward. You are my treasure. You are my treasure. 